0: The inside the album it's the podcast where we dive into your favorite classic rock records and talk about all the stories behind the recording of that album the songwriting the band what was going on this week we're going to dive into the legendary album by fleetwood mac rumors i'm don seckler and that's tommy Hilkin. how's it going tom
1: don real good looking forward to this amazing amazing album Cool. Really structured tremendously.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's a incredible and such a dominant album back in, in uh, 1977. Mm. Um, it, if you can like us, you could check us out on YouTube, subscribe there or any platform that you listen to audio wise. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, every uh, podcast platform out there. So any subscriptions, reviews, all those things help us out would really appreciate it. One of my favorite things about doing the podcast is that we get to work with an awesome charity. And Tom, tell us all about musicformark.com.
1: Well, thanks, Don. Uh, As usual, musicformark.com. The reason we're putting this podcast together is to raise awareness for our charity. What we're doing is we're bringing music to the world through kids. You know, Don and I, we love music so much and it's done so much for our lives that we're, we're supplying the kids with musical lessons, musical instruments, things that they can use to grow and and build and keep the music going in the world today. So that's what we're doing, musicformark.com, if you could help us out in any way. We want to bring music to the world through the kids, locally in our area right here, right now, and God willing, it grows to where we want it to go. So if you would, tell them about uh, our special way you can donate, Don, if you would. Yeah, if
0: you've got an old musical instrument, anything at all, we would love to take it off your hands, help you clean up your house a little bit and get it uh, into the hands of somebody who will put it to use. Uh, A lot of people have guitars and things like that. That laying around. We'll we'll take pretty much any musical instrument as long as it's in uh, halfway decent shape. So reach out at musicformark.com.
1: Beautiful. Awesome
0: all right so fleetwood mac legendary legendary rock band and really because of the album we're going to talk about today uh Mm -hmm. it's an interesting band because they they really had it's really was two different bands so you had the fleetwood mac in the 60s which was really a a blues heavy blues uh, rock uh, band and then uh, there was a major shift in the personnel in the late 70s uh, to include uh, Christine McVee. Uh, also, uh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, and it completely changed the face of the band. They became a lot more poppy, yep. a lot more mainstream rock focused, uh, but it really changed the future of this band because the success of this album, Rumors, enabled this band to do a lot of stuff after that and, and also produce some other really good records and have a long career. But th- this album came together and is just so legendary. We're going to dive into it. But let's talk about who's in the band. So you have Lindsey Buckingham, who is the uh, probably, I guess, the lead vocalist. Uh, The the vocals and the songwriting is really split between the first three people we're going to talk about here. So you have Lindsey Buckingham, guitar player. He did play Dobro on one track, did some percussion stuff. Stevie Nicks, also a great songwriter and uh, legendary vocalist. Christine McVie, who was another vocalist and songwriter, keyboards, John McVie uh, was the bass player, and Mick Fleetwood is the drummer. Uh, and so he also played a little bit of harpsichord on, uh, on Gold Dust nice. Woman. So the interesting thing about this band and this band at this time is that everybody's relationship was breaking up. So Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were dating. They were breaking up. Christine McVie and John McVie were married. They were getting a divorce. Mick Fleetwood was also getting divorced from his wife, who was not in the band. So uh, these people are all going through this huge life change all at the same time while they're producing and writing this album.
1: (laughs) Great time for songwriting.
0: (laughs) Actually, it turned out to be. And, you know, some of these songs... Yeah, some of these songs
1: come from pain.
0: Yeah, they're very painful and they're yeah. very kind of some of that they're, they're really spiteful. And like <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to get into the details because it's so interesting. But there's two songs on this album where one song was written about one relationship and the, the, pers- the other person in that relationship heard the song and wrote another song to kind of counteract it. So there's all oh, this crazy stuff great. going on. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's I an like amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing and we always talk about friction producing great results in rock music and this is uh, you can't have more friction than people's personal relationships being like in mayhem.
1: Hey, what do you think of this lyric?
0: <laughs> yeah, right and that well that's and that's the interesting thing is people who are in the band have said that even though we kind of hated each other, we still were able to work together musically yeah. to produce a great album so interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, the recording started in uh, 1976, so and then the album was released in February, the beginning of February, February 4th of 1977. At the time, uh, the charts had a, an interesting mix of music. This is really kind of... The, the the height of kind of soft rock, I guess you would call it. Uh, it was very like a lot of middle of the road kind of rock and roll stuff was very popular. So you had Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder, not nah, i wouldn't put that in this category but yeah. then you also had hotel california by the eagles pretty you know middle of the road kind of southern california feel uh mm-hmm. the boston record the first one which we talked about uh yeah. last week or two two weeks ago um again a little bit more rocky but still pretty middle of the road uh elo yeah. yeah elo was out with new world record which again was kind of you know a soft rock yeah. record uh, and then you had Night Moves by Bob Seger. So you know Bob Seger, I guess, kind of like Bruce Springsteen is to the East Coast. Bob Seger is to the Midwest. Um, but that was, you know, his his huge hit album.
1: Oh, <laughs> <Dude>. Night Moves. <laughs> Night I, I, we'll have to cover Night Moves. Tremendous yeah, album. yeah, great record. Tremendous album.
0: I love that. So rumors was an instant commercial success. It sold over 10 million copies within mm. a month of its release. Wow. That's insane. It sold it ended up selling over 40 million copies worldwide, making yeah. it one of the all time best selling albums. Yeah, went went to number one in seven countries. It also received diamond certification. So the certifications for records go gold, platinum, diamond, and the numbers are different depending on the country, because obviously in America, it's a big country, you're going to sell a lot more records than you are in England, but it received that diamond certification in multiple countries, including the UK, Canada, and Australia. And in the U S it was certified uh, platinum 20 times. So 20 million copies just in the U S alone wow yeah crazy crazy yeah and this is right up there so i guess probably the 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 best-selling album i think is still thriller of all time but this is right up there with those all-time great records yeah
1: well thriller you know everybody listened to thriller yeah an interesting type of album right yeah rock and roll no matter what it was just a great album
0: yeah 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 well yeah and it's a good it was a good pop dance record right yeah well (laughs) for some (laughs) For some. so the band uh you know like we said before there's kind of this two faces of fleetwood mac there's the old blues based one, and then there's this more poppy you know southern california laid back kind of you know groove rock type of thing and uh they had had uh the first album with uh nixon buckingham was recorded in 1975 and that was just called fleetwood mac and they had some early success with that a couple of the songs were popular But when that album, right between that album and this album, all these relationships started breaking up. So everybody's breaking up. So the other thing that happened here is that it's 1976 and there's a lot of drugs. A lot of people are using Coke and, and Speed and other things on a very, very regular basis. So the recording sessions for Rumors were totally marked by, you know, a lot of substance abuse. Mm. And it was just a whole crazy mid seventies scene going on there.
1: Sex and drugs and rock and roll.
0: Baby. Pretty much. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> you know, I wanted to share with you what I found interesting about this album. You ever, you know, we talk about albums a lot. And a lot of times, like, for instance, I'll throw it out to you. The meaning behind what I want to say is like, many people think Bohemian Rhapsody was, uh, you know, a, a, A Night at the Opera was Queen's first album, Mm -hmm. you know, because it really had such an impact that nobody had heard of Queen. But they had three albums before that. Right. And the interesting part about Rumors, many people think that this is the band where they started with Rumors.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I I just realized I was looking in because I used to listen to you know, Jeremy Spencer and Peter Green, that's the original blues band. Right. They had eleven albums before this. 11. Yeah,
0: they weren't it wasn't yeah, it wasn't like one or two. So they've right. been playing for, you know, like 10, 15 years, right? I mean, it was like the sixties, mid sixties oh, when they, they started. They,
1: and and that original Fleetwood Mac, as they call them now, the original Fleetwood Mac was a killer band as well. It's it's an interesting thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you should definitely if you get a chance listen to some of those older records, uh, especially if you're into the blues stuff, it's it's they're really, really good.
1: I'm going to share something with you that you'll love because you're this kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> Judas Priest covered one of their songs. The Green Mahavishnu was was, was uh, done by Fleetwood Mac, the original Fleetwood huh. Mac
0: and Judas great, Priest great covered song. it. Huh, that's crazy.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's my little uh, blues goes into rock and roll well, like I said, done. <laughs> It's all rock and roll, baby. True. It's rock and roll.
0: True. All right. All right. So Go. yeah, so here's a here's the cover, and it's uh, Stevie Nicks is dressed in her Rhiannon stage persona, so she's into this whole mystical fairies and you know hippie type of thing, and it's Mick Fleetwood and Stevie Nicks in in this kind of old timey you know classical uh, Renaissance fair look almost right uh but pretty iconic and the, the on the back side there's uh you know just some group photos of the people in there you see them they look a little bit more like the 70s than uh the 1800s or whatever they were going for here on the cover all right so the album was uh the, the band had the idea you know it was, and it really was kind of driven by Lindsey Buckingham um so as he got into the band he he kind of saw an opening because Mick and Mick Fleetwood and uh John McVie were not really the songwriter, so lindsay saw an opportunity to come in and kind of take control a little bit it was still mcfleetwood's band right but he was driving the songwriting a little bit more and so they had the idea to try and get into making more of a pop album and so it kind of becomes this mixture of pop and soft rock and and you know this southern california uh, vibe that that was happening back in that uh 1976 77. The first Fleetwood Mac with this iteration of the band record, they went out and did uh, six months of touring. Then the McVees divorced, ending eight years of marriage. They stopped talking to each other socially and only discussed musical stuff. Then (laughs) Buckingham and Nix, who had joined the band uh, right before the 75 album, they were having on and off relationship that led them to being fighting a lot. And so the arguments only stopped again when they were working on songs together. Mick Fleetwood had his own domestic problems after discovering that his wife, Jenny, Jenny, the mother of his two children, had an affair with his best friend. There you go. That's bad.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And drummers don't write songs. So it's
0: (laughs) generally not. No, sometimes they do. Very rarely. I got you. So you know, so this is there's mayhem here in in all these people's lives, and they they kind of focused all that energy into producing this amazing amazing record. So they started they started recording in 1976 in February, and they recorded at the Record Plant in Sausalito, California, which is uh, right near uh, San Francisco. They set up in this studio. It's a it was a small wooden building with with small recording rooms, no windows. And most of the band members complained about the studio and wanted to record at their homes, but Mick Fleetwood wanted to keep everybody together. Yeah. So they end up recording uh almost all of the album right in that studio. The original working title of the album was Yesterday's Gone. And that's from one of the songs, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep. John McVie is the one who actually came up with the album title, and he felt that the members were writing journals and diaries about each other as they're going through all these horrible relationship things. So that's where it became rumors. And, you know, since he and uh, and Mick Fleetwood are British, it's the rumors with the U yes so you know you've got americans and brits in the in the same band so you get a mix a little bit of culture mix here as well like i said before lindsey buckingham kind of took charge of the studio sessions to make a pop album so mick fleetwood and and um mcvee they came from this improvised improvisational (laughs) they improvised a lot in their blues rock background but you know Lindsay really had a good handle on the craft of making a record. So these guys are, are kind of jam guys. And then Lindsay comes in and is super focused on, you know, producing this mm. record. And a lot of times it's, you know, that there's a big difference between just jamming and then being focused and getting these songs together and, and making sure they're recorded properly and all the yeah. parts fit and everything.
1: I like what you said. You know, there's an art to making a record.
0: Yeah. Oh, right. definitely. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I get what you're saying. The production value, how well, it flows. Yep.
0: And even the songwriting and the song structures. So when you're a jammer, you just jam and you're not thinking about, you're, you're thinking about, okay, what am I doing right now? And what am I going to do next? You're not thinking about what you did already. When you're putting right. a song together, all of that has to kind of fit together. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, the jam bands, you know, this sounds good. Let's do it. I get it. Yeah. That's what makes music what it is. It's a
0: beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. When they were starting at the very beginning of the of the writing songwriting, uh, Lindsey Buckingham and Christine McVie, they often played guitar and piano together to create the album's basic structures for all the right. songs. So Christine was also uh, classically trained. So, but she and Lindsay both sent, had the same, uh, similar sense of musicality, so that worked out really well. She's a really good songwriter, and I don't know if a lot of people know that, but she wrote four of the songs on this album.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's uh, I always considered her, and if you see her, she's a major talent and a great singer. Great,
0: yeah, amazing voice. voice, right? Yeah, love, love her it. voice, I really yeah. do, me too. So they uh, they really were not like socializing or meeting so they uh, outside of their work at the studio. So the hippie movement was still affecting Sausalito's culture. There was a lot of drugs available. There's open-ended budgets f- available to the band and the engineers, and so people just tended to get overindulgent. You know, cocaine. When you have money, you always <laughs> you know they, if you're into cocaine and you have money, it's going to cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so it ends up happening that they're using a lot of coke and a lot of sleepless nights. And one of the guys, the guy who owned the one of the guys who owned the record plant, uh, this guy, Chris Stone, indicated that uh, Fleetwood Mac bought excess at its most excessive. <laughs> they took over the studio for long, extremely expensive sessions. The band would come in at seven at night, have a big feast party till one or two in the morning, and then when they were so whacked out that they couldn't do anything, they'd start recording. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: That's and an interesting a, way to go about it.
0: And a lot of the recording was done individually because people were so messed up. Wow. So <laughs> there was a lot of overdubs on this album. They didn't really it wasn't like they got in the room and recorded everything all together it was it was put together piece by piece. Wow. It's interesting. Stevie Nicks said that Fleetwood Mac created the best mu- music when they were in the worst shape.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess you could. You know, you yeah. can't judge it. Could you say, would it have been better if they were sober? It would have been better. You don't know. Who knows? You, know. you know, it just Who is. Knows? It just is.
0: Yeah. Right. So there was also a little bit of clashing too between John McVie and Lindsey Buckingham about the makeup of songs, but they both admit. In kind of in hindsight, that it definitely led to uh, really good outcomes. So, even though you know, again, we talk about that kind of that tension, that stress, yeah, it, it does sometimes really help produce great, great music.
1: Yeah, well, you know, when you think about Mick Fleetwood and and John McVie, they came from a whole nother world, man. This was this was a new world to them, pop music and you know, playing melodic kind of stuff. They were blues guys straight through to the heart. Blues guys.
0: Yeah. 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 So. All right. So let's dive into the first track here. Uh, This one is secondhand news. So that's super, super poppy right there, right? Bow, bow. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's so good, though. It's such a great song. This song was written by uh, Lindsey Buckingham. And uh, for people who don't know or haven't kind of watched or seen videos of Fleetwood Mac, Lindsey Buckingham plays a, a finger picking style of guitar. So oh, yeah. he's not he's not strumming a guitar like you'll see, you know, like the Ramones or the Clash or whoever. Oh. He's has So it's a little little kind of country, but he's got a. It's an interesting he has an interesting rhythm to his playing that I always uh, enjoyed.
1: That guy can play anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's an uh, amazing, amazing musician.
1: Uh, truly underrated because his name doesn't come up when you talk about lead guitarists.
0: Well, you know, he's not a traditional, you know, like soloist. He's a great solo player, but he's yeah. not like, you know, it's not like Eddie Van Halen or Clapton, those types of guitarists. Oh boy, um, good. but again, his goal here was to not, he, he didn't want to be a guitar God. He wanted to, he was trying to write a pop record, you know? Yeah. So the song was originally an acoustic demo called Strummer. But then uh, Buckingham heard the Bee Gees jive talking and he rearranged it with more audio tracks and the rhythmic rhythmic effect from playing uh, a fake leather seat in the studio chair. Wow. So it kind of, He said it ended up giving it the song a slightly Celtic feel or Celtic nice. Celtic Celtic. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Somebody giving credit to the Bee Gees. Look at yeah, that.
0: Yeah, there way. you go. And, uh, and you know, the Bee Gees actually, it's interesting. So w- the Bee Gees too, you have the Saturday Night Fever Bee Gees, but there's, uh, the Bee Gees also had a whole nother life before that, you know, with, uh, with not disco songs, not really rock, but kind of middle of the road type of stuff, but pretty, I love the old Bee Gees stuff.
1: I'll, I'll say it here. Bee Gees were the best of the best.
0: And good this band. is coming
1: from a, a rock and roll guy. The Bee Gees were the best of the best. Yeah. She loved the Bee Gees.
0: This song, even though it's kind of upbeat and happy, it's got a great beat. It's <laughs> you're singing along to it. It's a very dark, dark okay. lyrics.
1: i'm just secondhand news
0: (laughs) yeah i'm asking you to it's asking you to move on leave me alone you know it's again it's the shatter of all these relationships happening and he's just like that's in the past we're gonna move on i'm secondhand news you know so stevie nicks has said that uh they're all trying to break up. And when you break up with someone, you don't want to see him. You especially don't want to eat breakfast with them the next morning, see him all day and all night and all day and the day after. So these people who are are breaking up these, you know, long term relationships. This isn't like somebody I dated for a week. Even Stevie right. Nixon, and Lindsey Buckingham, they were together for years. Yeah. And now I'm trying to break up with them and I'm with them 24 <laughs> seven.
1: Yeah. This is before Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is actual real FaceTime, right? (laughs) Real FaceTime, where you
1: don't want to be doing FaceTime. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, it's a tough time.
0: So Stevie Nicks also said that the the recording sessions lasted 13 months, and it took every bit of inner strength that we had. It was hard on us, like being a hostage in Iran, and to an extent, Lindsay was the Ayatollah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, that's great i've heard that But
1: dude, 13 months to make an album wow
0: yeah a long time so he really i mean you know so he's he's a guy and you know we talked about this before with other like we talked with clapton like lindsey buckingham i think is a guy who knows what he wants yeah and he's gonna make it happen no matter what and you know so that can be stressful on a relationship with a band or with a woman, you know, when one person is so, you know, in control of everything.
1: Well, when you think about it, it's relationships. It could be marital. It could be business. You know, sure. relationships. You know, what do you bring to the game and driving people crazy? But we've used this word before when we were talking about people in bands, ornery, right? We were like, he's an honorary guy. He's like one of them, you know, the fine line between, you know, insanity and genius. He goes, yeah. he's one of those guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So super focused. And you know, but again, amazing, amazing, amazing uh, song. No doubt. All right. So let's take a listen to number track number two. This one is Dreams. I love the bass on this. It's got that 70s. If you feel like you're you're in a 70s like velvet lounge, right? Little buzz <laughs> <gags>. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> So this is a Stevie Nicks song, and uh, she actually wrote this while uh, laying on Sly Stallone's bed. So he had they. It, it, she was in the studio, and Sly Stallone was next door recording, and in his studio he had this big semi semicircular bed and red velvet all over the walls. So, So she said it was a great vibe for a song about romantic entanglements.
1: Yeah. What the hell was he recording? I I don't know. (laughs) I want to hear that album. (laughs) My next song, Cut the Eye, Mick.
0: So uh, the line in this song, "Players only love you when they're playing," was directed at Lindsey Buckingham. Obviously, I mean, you know, every, I think everybody probably gets that. Um, Stevie Nicks was super pissed off when Lindsey brought in "Go Your Own Way" to the session, so uh, this song is a direct response to that one. So great. Stevie said that it was, you know, it was definitely a reaction to it, but it was also two people. Telling the story of the same relationship from each of their perspectives. I love it. Right. So that's so cool.
1: You know what I love most about this song, man? And I mean it It, the old school drumming.
0: Yeah. It's so on spot. It's right in the pocket. You don't even notice it. And that's there. Yeah. He's
1: driving the whole song. Yeah. And the greatest part about it. Is uh, I I always think you know I love the old because you know I'm a Charlie Watts fan, just because of what he's done his whole life with this little drum set that he got for Christmas right year. with three
0: drums. <laughs> you know, it's my
1: favorite. But this this reminded me of I love that that just sitting back keeping the beat. I love yeah, and about that's it. you know
0: that's these guys as a rhythm section are insanely good. You know, but that comes from being a jam band really because you play so much and you're you know, you got to keep it together because when yep. you're in a jam band, the guitars and keyboards and everything's all over the place. Right. But yeah. the bass and drums have to be there, solid, keeping everything, keeping the song together because yeah. otherwise everything is just mayhem, you know, so you've got people, throw, people underestimate the value of a really good line.
1: I, I was just going to say, you know, not enough credits given, but if you ever watch a live performance, you know whoever's you know playing lead guitar or the singer will turn and look at the drummer to bring the song down bring it to an end right right I, they turn around and look it, it's i i loved everything about that since i was a kid yeah so, yeah that's what i love about that song. the drumming's fantastic
0: so stevie Nicks said that uh she remembers the night she wrote dreams she walked in and handed a cassette of the song to lindsay and uh, it was a rough take it was just her singing solo and great. playing piano And even though he was mad with me at the time, Lindsay played it, looked up at me and smiled. So she said, what was going on between us personally, what was was sad, we were couples and we couldn't make it through, but as musicians, they still respected each other and they got some brilliant songs out of it. I wholeheartedly agree.
1: No, it's fantastic. I love everything about that.
0: Yeah. Christine McVie said about this song that when Stevie first uh, played it for her on the piano, it was just kind of three chords and one note on the left hand. And and she thought, wow, this is okay, but it's a little bit boring. But then Lindsay came in and fashioned the three sections out of identical chords, making each section sound completely different. And he created the impression there's this thread running through the whole song. So again, we've got you know, brilliant musicians and yeah. the, one writes a song, the other one makes it better. Yeah. And, you know, that's why y- y- you join a band, you know, and, and don't yeah. do everything solo because y- you can always get an improvement from, uh, you know, a ta- another talented musician.
1: And this album was like the perfect wave, you know? Yeah. Well, you, they always say where, you know, luck and all that, but this, this album, everything came together. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was totally, uh, totally uh, kismet, as they say. All right, so let's dive into track number three. This one is Never Going Back Again. Here's that picking, right?
2: where I'm
0: This song again, you know, there's that guitar picking that we talked Mm -hmm. about. You can really hear it here because it's so isolated. It's the whole focus of the song, and it's a Lindsey Buckingham song, obviously. Um, Jen, it's always so whoever sings, they're they're the songwriter on these for the most part. Um, But he had Lindsey had written this song. He had a brief relationship with a woman who he met on the road after he had broken up with Stevie Nicks, and it's about that. And so, again, it's kind of a dig at Stevie Nicks never going back again. You know, so (laughs) while these songs are so pretty, they're also kind of mean, right? Yeah.
1: Mean spirited. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Little bit. Uh, but most of this, most of the album was recorded at the record plant, as we talked about. This song was actually recorded at Studio City Sound Recording Studios in Los Angeles. And uh, according to uh, one of the guys who was engineering there, said that this was kind of Lindsay's pet project with just the two guitar tracks. But he did it over and over again. Um, and then in the end, his vocal didn't quite mix match up with the guitar tracks. so They had to slow them down a little. So, again, there's a lot of kind of manipulation of these songs in the recording, which, you know, some some yeah. bands do a little bit more of that than others. So, again, it's not a real like live recording experience. There's a lot of overdubs and things like that and slowing things down. But in the end, it becomes a great track. So you got to be happy with the result.
1: Yeah. You know, what? this album, when I think I always in 1977, my Jay Giles band, Ted Nugent days. This album had to grow on me. Yeah, you know, it's not one that I had in the collection, I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> well, and, you know, it's, uh, see, I was super young. I was super young at the time, <laughs> so I was a little kid. But, yeah. you know, at the, at the time, it wasn't, it was, it was very middle of the road. Yeah. But it had enough rock to it that you, you kind of dig it, you know?
1: Well, listen, super airplay. N.E.W. Yeah. killed this album.
0: Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. And you know, we talk about records that dominated the airways. This was definitely one of them. Oh my gosh!
1: But you know, why do you think about it? Still to this day. Yeah. Oh yeah, this album yeah, yeah. still played everywhere.
0: Sure. All right, so let's uh, jump into track number four. Uh, this is a little bit more popular one. This is "Don't Stop." And this is a Christine McVie song
1: a little more piano
0: yeah So this song, like I said, is a Christine McVie song. Uh, She's the lead singer on this and wrote it. And you can, you know, it's heavily keyboard driven. It's almost got a little bit of a a very slow boogie-woogie feel to it, right, on the piano?
1: Yeah, that's what I put down. a little bluesy, a little boogie-woogie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So she, you know, and it fits so good with the rhythm section. Uh, You know, Lindsay does a great job with the guitar supporting there. You know, just the whole song is perfect.
3: Yeah, a Um, huge song.
0: Yeah, and hugely popular, hugely, hugely popular song. And Christine wrote this song about leaving the past behind. It was because of the breakup of her and John McVeigh, as we've said. (laughs) She said it, it caused some awesome, or awesome, some awkward moments because John had to play a song written about him.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Crazy.
0: But then the weird thing about it was that I read an interview with John McVie that was like in the 2000s and he said he didn't even know it was about him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just playing music. Yeah. yeah. He said, I never put that together. I've been playing it for years. And it wasn't until somebody told me, Chris wrote that about you. And he goes, oh, really? <laughs> Bass players don't hear the lyrics. No. <laughs> so, and that Yesterday's Gone, that line was uh, or the original title for the album um, uh, before they changed it. So that was uh, where that came from.
1: Great song. Unfortunately, this takes me back to Bill Clinton used this song over and over and over during during his presidential run.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it kind of got a little rebirth, and you know, it's definitely the boomer anthem, I would say. Right. <laughs> so all all our uh, all our contemporaries love this. There you go.
1: Our contemporary.
0: Our. You're still a kid. <laughs> Not much. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into track number five. Again, another. Legendary song here. This one is Go Your Own Way. Nice riff.
3: Loving you is the right.
0: So it's really, I, I just love the, you know, so everything in this song is kind of sparse, right? Like, so the drums are there, but it's oh, not yeah. like overwhelming. No? The guitar, you know, there's two guitars. The one's kind of playing the rhythm in the background. The other one's kind of here and there, poking in. And it, it, like when you said Charlie Watts, it is this song especially has kind of a stonesy feel to it in a weird way. Not, you know, it doesn't sound like the Rolling Stones at all. No but it's the way the instruments kind of play with each other and there's open spaces and it's so so crazy valuable when you have that the the, the in-betweens you know in between the songs when or the music you think
1: about when you think about it right with the foundation yeah and i love talking about it because it's it's my world it's what i listen for it's that the foundation will always go back to the blues And that's charlie watts that's Mick Fleetwood. that's these guys from england listen they're their influence what yeah they got to listen to and learn from right? right that's their foundation and you want to think about it where do you go back to when you're doing something is you always go back to what you know your foundation but it's that's- it's perfect it, it just fits perfectly
0: even the shakers So you hear the shaker in the background, and it drives the song. It makes it, even though it's not going faster, it feels like it's going faster. You know, it's it's so good. Um, So again, another mean song.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, you know what? I I I, I was just gonna say to you, a lot of heavy feelings. I don't know if this one's mean. I think this is one where he's actually crying his heart
3: out.
0: <laughs> yeah. But he says, you know, he says, packing up, shacking up is all you want to do. Wow. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's better off without her and she can go her own way. It's like, it's yeah, but he's also pretty saying much saying, fuck you everything
1: for you and you don't want to take it from me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's a good, it's a good mix of, I love you. I hate you die.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> So but for the record, though, Stevie insists that she never shacked up with anyone when they were dating. (laughs) And she she actually wanted Lindsay to take that line out, but he totally refused to do it. Yeah.
1: So the the, uh, velvet couch had nothing to do with this song.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) And Stevie Nicks actually said, uh, you know, back in 2009, in an interview, she said that it was certainly a message within a song. And it was not a very nice one at that.
1: <laughs> that wasn't nice. No. I like it. Yeah. But what, what a great song. And, you know, we're leaving out because we don't get to it. And you got to listen to these albums. Like I said, you want to listen to them musically. That's what I enjoy. Right. right. When you sit back and listen to the whole album but you know uh lindsey buckingham tears it up at the end of this song
0: yeah yeah there's a great solo on there yeah and one of my favorite
1: solos of all time it's in my it's it's in my top 10 because i have no idea what's in the top 10 but well it's in my top 10.
0: but it's the thing about that solo is it's also not very complicated it's almost like a neil young solo where he plays one note for for Thirty seconds, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, this, but it, it's it
1: is, it's got a, it's got a, it fits perfectly that right. Solo. It takes right. the song out. It wraps up the song.
0: Yeah, perfectly. the genius about this album is the songwriting and the construction of these songs. It's yeah. so so good. Yeah. the The other thing about this, the, the, so when you get to the verse and it's often lost in the song. But because there's all that bitterness and then the refrain, when you get into the chorus, it's it's very kind of uh, adventurous or, you know, it's it's kind of uplifting if you don't know, you know, if you're not thinking of the meaning of the song. So it's a kind of a weird mix of this kind of I'm angry, but hey, I'm super into it. And crowds love the song and they, you know, stomp their feet and everything.
1: Playing (laughs) in pain. Yeah.
0: So Stevie Nicks said that uh, Dreams and Go Your Own Way are, are what she calls the twin songs. And like I said before, this is what they're the 2 same song written by two people about the same relationship. Even though they're completely different songs, they're talking about the same exact thing.
1: <laughs> From their perspective.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's jump into track number six. This one is a uh, another Christine McVie song. Uh, And this one is Songbird. So this song, uh, gorgeous, just amazing. Yes. Here's where you highlight Christine's amazing songwriting and her voice is just spectacular. Spectacular, I love it. And so this one they recorded actually in a uh, auditorium, concert hall, uh, Zellerback Auditorium in Berkeley across, from, uh, across the San Francisco Bay from Sausalito, okay. um, just because they wanted to get that concert hall ambience. And when you, if you have this song on, and especially on the vinyl version, and you have it cranked up, you can really hear that, that sound is so different than you know, what, they're, what they're getting in the studio.
1: Great acoustics.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so it's just the piano, a little bit of guitar in the background that you could just barely hear, uh, but just a beautiful, beautiful song.
1: You know what I found interesting is that you know, as a band, you know, if you write the song, it becomes it's pronounced. It's it's you. It's right. You know what I mean? You got to give them credit for that. You know that she stands out on this song, and she could have made it into the band and threw it to the band. But it's funny how they all take their different roles and. The Lindsey Buckingham song start out with guitar. Her right. song start out with piano. It, yep. it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you have a band with three great songwriters. So yeah. that's uh, most bands, you know, usually have one or two. Uh, on rare occasions, you get a band like I know with Pearl Jam, all five guys. Right. So it's it's a mix, but it's unusual to get more. Usually it's two guys. You know, it's Richardson and, and Jagger. It's yep. Lennon, McCartney, whatever. Um, but when you get the multiple songwriters, then you, you get a lot different. You get, I, you know, you always end up getting a lot different sounds. I think the songs stop the kind of sounding the same, you know,
1: and it also gets a wee bit complicated when you have five songwriters.
0: It does. And there was a battle, which we'll talk about over, over the last song on this album, um, there was a song that Stevie Nicks wanted to use instead of gold dust woman as the, as the track, but the band overruled her with her own song. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> all right. All right. Great song, though. Yeah, just love it. Uh, yeah, all right. Beautiful so, voice. <laughs> here's track number seven. This is another really, really well-known song. This is The Chain. Mm. So uh, mm. we're, we're going to listen to the, the, the part at the end here where it ramps up in just a second. I just want to make a, a couple of points. Um, so this song is a Stevie Nicks song, lyrics written about Lindsey Buckingham. I mean, every <laughs> song is about their relationships. Yeah. Uh, and so but this is the song, even though Stevie wrote it about Lindsey Buckingham, they're both sharing lead vocals on the song. So they're singing Amazing. it together. So it's like they're going through all this Kind of pain and, and personal torture and then they're almost making it worse by forcing themselves to work together on these things so
1: yeah i was thinking the same thing
0: <laughs> it's crazy so part of the song uh this song kind of began uh as uh christine mcvee's song called butter cookie uh, and you could get that in the expanded edition of Rumors. Uh, the beginning of the track wasn't working, but the band loved the the Mick Fleetwood and John McVie ending, uh, which they use, which is where the drums kick in and the bass comes in and everything. And so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of mixing and matching here in terms of the song parts. But let, let's take a quick listen to that uh, the the ramp up part, which is is super cool. Sure is. Or not. Here we go. See that the Lindsay Buckingham part? A couple of notes. Yeah. But it works, right? Oh my God, yeah. So the uh, that whole drum and bass part there that kind of ramps this up and, and really kind of ratchets up the, the tempo of this song and really kind of kicks it into being a great song was actually something that uh, John McVie wrote and was planning to use on a different song. Uh. So all these kind of parts came together for this song, and it's the only song on the only, I think it's the only Fluid Mac song that has a, a credit for all five band members for songwriting. It's
1: so funny. As we go through these songs, I write things down to throw out to you. And I wrote down, this is something John McVie had in his back pocket and was always wondering when he was going to get to use it. That yeah, right. It's, it's, really such, good.
0: it's such a great, you know, it's one of those building parts and and really kind of gets already ramped yeah. up and really and he comes was like, together. Hallelujah. I yeah. got
1: a baseline I can put. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's exactly what i was thinking was like you know we played this since he was a kid and wanted to get it somewhere right
0: exactly and that's that you know we we every week we we talk about that where guys had something that's laying around for 15 years and they bring it in and it becomes a legendary song
1: oh i i I want to share this real quick because i watched it recently uh, an interview with joe walsh oh nice he uh he, he used to tune up sitting in his room playing really fast, as fast as he could knowing he wouldn't have to play that fast on stage Right. and uh, what he was actually playing was the the chords for Life in the Fast Lane before he even knew it was Life in the Fast Lane
0: nice. yeah. it's just
1: something he practiced with
0: yeah, it happens all the time, right? Mumble, yeah, it's great stuff alright, let's take a listen to track number 8, this is another really popular one, this is You Make Loving Fun
1: <laughs> or do you? got a little disco beat to
0: it yeah so it's very 70s this song (laughs) So Christine McVie's song, obviously, she's singing here. And um, it's about her new relationship. So again, (laughs) it's another song about their relationships. And so she started dating the band's lighting technician, this guy named Curry Grant. And she wrote the song about him, basically. And uh, it's funny, Mick Fleetwood said, uh, knowing John, he probably thought it was about one of her dogs. He just this is great. I'd like to know
1: a little bit more about John McVie right He, he obviously has no clue
0: about anything.
1: Yeah yeah right? this is great. I love the lighting guy what huh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> So That's great. It, it, the, the word
1: lighting guy should be in there uh, yeah right
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You make it bright. You brighten my life. no literally you brighten my life. <laughs>
0: you light up my life. That's great. So this
1: song is so seventies. It just yeah, when it said is. That earlier, this is this. If you look up the word seventies, this song comes up. This, it's that yeah. it's
0: that synthesizer, that oh, rink, 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 that bouncy synthesizer yeah, that, sound, right? Like that, if
1: it was on American Bandstand, they would say, "Well, I, I like the lyrics, and and you can dance to it." <laughs> <laughs> you remember American Bandstand before your time?
0: Uh, no, I remember that. Sure, All right, just check. My mom told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so uh, Christine McVie had nothing prepared when they started recording. So she's was worried. She's like, I thought I was drying up. I wasn't able to write. I was practically panicking. Every time I sat down at a piano, nothing came out. Then one day in Sausalito, she sat down and wrote in the studio. And she wrote four and a half songs on that one day.
1: Wow. So yeah, I, I just not that. See that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, you know. Uh, all kidding aside, it's just a simple thing of writing and blogging in all world. But you know, sometimes you just got to stop,
0: take a break, start again. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know, start fresh, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, writer's block happens, and it's just pretty much you're just not you're not in the mood. You're not in you're not in the zone, you know. And you got to step into that zone.
0: Right. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Or write songs like the Ramones. The yeah. Choice is yours.
0: <laughs> right. It's a good warm up. Well, like we've talked about with the class, sometimes you know if they go ahead and jam on old songs yep. it gets you back into you know playing and writing and and sometimes that'll un- unclog the drain so to speak yep.
1: yeah you get the creative juices flowing
0: as they say uh, well who's they i have no idea whoever came up with that
1: <laughs> my creative juices are flowing well get away from me <laughs>
0: All right. So let's take a listen to track number nine. This is I Don't Wanna Know. And this is a uh, Stevie Nicks song. Good song. I love these songs where, uh, where where Stevie and Lindsay both are singing uh, lead. I, I love their voices together. It yeah. sounds really great.
1: Yeah, they play off each other well.
0: Yeah. So Stevie Nicks wrote this one uh, back in 1974 before she was even in Fleetwood Mac. And she was going to use it on the second album with uh, the Buckingham Nicks band, which is where you know the band they had before they joined Fleetwood Mac um and she didn't want it on this record she wanted to uh she wanted to use the song silver springs instead which some people may have heard it's it's relatively well known um so she was really didn't like this song and and like silver springs a lot better um but they ended up using this one on the record all right so let's take a listen to track number 10 this is oh daddy
2: Daddy, you know you make me cry. How can you love me? I don't understand why. Oh, Daddy, if I can make you see if there's been a fool around, it's got to be me. Yes, it's got to be me. Oh, Daddy, you soothe me with your smile. You're letting me know you're the best thing in my life. Oh, Daddy, if I could make you see if there's been a fool around.
0: Again, another Christine McVie song. Super, super straightforward and simple, but again, just gorgeous, right? Well, yeah, her
1: voice, Carrie. She, she can sing about Cracker Jacks, and you would be yeah. like, wow, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, she's got – I always thought – anytime I watched her sing, I just fell in love with her. I thought she was fantastic.
0: Yeah, really yeah, did. amazing. Yeah. And, you you know, you have – so this is a band with two amazing female voices. Yeah. Very different voices, Very different. But, but both – gorgeous in their own way oh absolutely and uh this one was written about uh christine wrote about Mick uh and she said that it was because he was just keeping the band together (laughs) so that's why he's kind of called daddy because everybody's like you know off you know like the band is like exploding and he's kind of keeping everybody back together and he was the calming influence in the whole uh in the group
1: you know he always seemed like a real good guy He's yeah. a definitely a, He was definitely a lighthearted guy compared to everybody else.
0: Yeah, still to this day, you know, yeah. he's just uh, so awesome. Always been a huge, huge fan of Mix. Yeah, me too. All right, so the album Closer is, uh, this one is Stevie Nicks, and it is called Gold Dust Woman. Hmm. They like these fade-ins too. <laughs> So uh, I I think a very powerful song. I always like this one. Me too. Me too. Mick Fleetwood said that it took Stevie Nicks eight takes to get the vocal right, which is not a ton. Um, But he said they were recorded originally early in the morning. And she was kind of hunched over a chair. And she was alternately choosing from her supply of tissues, a Vix inhaler a box of lozenges for her sore throat and a bottle of mineral mineral water. So sounds like somebody's using a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Could be. Could be. And the song I think is about that. It's gold dust, wooden woman, take your silver spoon, dig your grave. So, you know, it, she's never said it was a cocaine song, but it, it sure sounds like one. <laughs> you no, know,
1: I was thinking about her and it's, You know, she sings in character, you know, like, you know, you think about stepping into that gypsy, the witch, you know, she sings in character. And that's one of the things that I got from this song. Like she's it's not just her going up and being Stevie Nicks. I think she transcends into being somebody completely different when she's singing. Pretty interesting. Look at it
0: yeah yeah and you know and she's had an amazing solo career she did uh that one song with tom petty she actually i think at one point she was almost in the heartbreakers or yeah. something
1: stop dragging my heart around yeah. Great song. yeah yeah yeah
0: so yeah very, great very voice great. i always love stevie nicks still do to this day
1: so i'll give you a stevie nicks story uh the the edge of 17 her yeah. solo song sure you know where that came from no yeah. This is great. I uh, I heard her talking about it, and uh, she is with Tom Petty and his wife, and she said, well, how long you guys been together? And Tom Petty's wife responded, since the age of 17.
0: Oh. And it sounded like she
1: said, the age of 17. Oh, that's hilarious. And yeah, Tom that's Petty so was funny. with his wife since they were 17. Wow, that's so crazy. she responded since the age of 17, huh. but with the southern.
0: Yeah, right, 17. right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, My was little probably tidbit from Florida. for the show, yeah. ladies and
1: gentlemen. There it is. <laughs> All
0: right. So that's Rumors. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for great. listening. Thanks for watching. Check us out on YouTube or InsideTheAlbum.com wherever you get podcasts. Don't forget, like, subscribe, review. Five-star reviews, please.
1: Please. Only. <laughs> Unless you're pointing them at
0: Don. <laughs> so we'll be back next week and we're going to actually we're going to do a record that you were talking about we're going to do a night at the opera by queen so Uh, that's going to be super super fun
1: very very fun awesome stuff i look forward to it don
0: yeah thanks everybody we'll see you next week
1: thank you